Yo, what's up? Yo, what's good, everybody? Uh, it's your boy, Five Mics. Five Mics husband, father, educator, writer, MC. It's the idea of manhood. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 20, Bente. Yo, I got my Spanish back. Y'all remember? Um, I don't think I apologize for messing up. Um, 15. I think I was saying Cinco when it's really quince. My bad, okay? Um, this is episode 20 of The Idea of Manhood. Thank you for tuning in. This is the third or fourth episode of the new year. Clearly, I'm behind. Clearly, uh, yada, 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 excuses. Um, and this is a, you know, if someone told me a long time ago under a lot of force and pressure that um, excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of nothingness and those that use them are seldom good for anything else sir you know what I'm saying so let me I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind that because I've been thinking about some things recently and 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 that excuses poem that excuses line uh really stands out to me as something that after all those years when I learned that uh poem under extreme amounts of pressure and pain (laughs) that it still it still rings true and it's still like on the tip of my tongue whenever you know my son says oh but daddy and I'm like what are excuses you know or somebody at work is supposed to do something for me or you know or, or, or i'm supposed to do something and i'm like oh but this but that i was sick i was tired about it but you know what comes back to my mind is always excuses and so let me run that back and i want to break this down um just to really make sure you understand how powerful this little phrase is excuses are the tools of the incompetent so let's 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 just stop right there. We could have we could have a whole episode on this right here. Excuses are the tools of the incompetent. Tools are things that you use with your hands. Incompetent are the incompetent are the people that you know can't do a certain thing or are not equipped to do certain things. So these people, the incompetent, are equipped with the tools of excuses. <laughs> Yo, listen, excuses are the tools. That means they have them. They have the excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build. So you got your tools. Of course, you're going to build something, right? You know, excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build monuments. So if you're listening, you're like, whoa, they're building monuments. But then it flips it on you and says used to build monuments of nothingness yo i'm not a hundred percent sure that nothingness is even a word but in this context it's absolutely a word and it's one hell of a word excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of nothingness that means they're building and when they're done with their process, they look back and there's nothing there. They have nothing to show for all of their work. Mm. Used to build monuments of nothingness and those that use them, those out there that use them, 
are seldom good for anything else. Do you understand the power that that has? If you have a son, if you have a nephew, if you have a cousin that is, you know, boys are good. And this is, I mean, look, this is, I work with young kids every day. I work with kids. I work with students, college, high school age, younger, every day. And from what my experience shows me is that boys are king of making excuses. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, this, oh, I can't find my pencil because it was in my bag and they'll be ready to, you know, tell you. But no, 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 what happened? I, I left my bag because the, um, the, the, the bell rang early, but we were doing an assignment and da, 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 da. So listen, if you're an educator, if you're a father, if you're a husband, if you're all the things, if you're one of the five mics, if you work with a young man, if you work with one of these new millennials out here in the workforce that's coming in fresh, trying to get a job, but don't have nothing but tools of, the, of, of my tools of nothingness <laughs> or tools to build nothing. Look, you need to tell them, you need to teach them excuses. Type this out, put it up on your wall, put it up on your work cubicle, put it up, you know, put it in a frame because to me, this is something that is um, just extremely, extremely important when talking with young boys. Um, we're talking about the idea of manhood. And to me, as a man, we have to limit our um, our levels of excuses, you know, um, of course things happen, you know, things happen all the time, but I know my job, my, my purview as a man is to limit the number of excuses that I have. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that. that I, I don't even know, I wasn't even prepared, I wasn't even planning on talking about excuses today, but clearly it was on my heart and mind. Oh, I know how it started, because I was about to give you a whole bunch of excuses why I haven't been steady on this, on this mic, on this microphone, and so, um, <clears throat> I'm coming out here today to say that I'm limiting my excuses for 2016, um, and I am making the commitment to put out a podcast every week that is my commitment i'm making to you that is what i'm going to do and i'm going to be smart about it so what i was doing before is uh, you know i was recording every week and i would come in you know my day to to um my day to publish the podcast is on thursday and has been you know in the first maybe first 10 or 12 weeks i was Every Thursday morning, it was there. And then, you know, like I said, the holidays came up. I was slacking off excuses. And um, so, you know, I was contemplating, you know what? I'm going to go to every two weeks, you know. I'm going to go to every two weeks, and I'm going to just, you know, take it light and da-da-da-da. But no, no, I'm going to stick with every week. I'm going to be here every week. I just got to be smart about using my time. And that means I'm going to have to take time away or what, you know, dads normally have to do if they want to do things on their own. I got to stay up till 2 in the morning to get these podcasts out, you know, because not for you, for me, you know what I'm saying? Um, because like I told you, these, these, uh, these sessions, these 30, 45 minute sessions on these episodes are therapy for me. 
Um, they're my therapy. I don't need to talk to anybody else. I could just talk to myself, you know, go back and hear it and hear from you all. And this is great. So my bad. I will not say excuses, um, but, the you know, it's real out here and I'm just trying to get the episodes out the best I can. Um, but so today is uh, I'm going to put this out on Friday. Right. So I want to put this out Friday. My goal is to have another one by next Thursday and make my day Thursday. So by noon on Thursday is my goal. Um, I will have a new episode for you. Now, when I say do the smarter, you know, this is this can go into anything that you're doing at work, at home, whatever. That doesn't mean I have to come in here every Wednesday night, stay up to three in the morning to edit whatever that. That means that I might have to ch- ch- carve out a time on the weekend and record three episodes. I have the content. There's so much to talk about. I have the content, but, um, you know, just spacing it out and making sure I'm doing things in an appropriate way so that I'm still, you know, present for my family and, you know, utilizing the time uh, with all my other responsibilities. So thank you all for continuing to tune in. Bear with me with my schedule. I promise you today is Friday. I'll have another episode by Thursday. And then every Thursday after that will be an episode unless there's something, you know, some extenuating circumstance. I don't even know if that's the right word. Um, but, uh, this episode, um, I started with the excuses. I kind of want to stay on that, but this is the post-op episode. So if you listen to episode 19, that was the pre-op episode prior to the day before. I was prior uh, to, to getting my uh, vasectomy, the vasectomy that I took, that I had on, I don't even remember, February something, January something. Um, so that's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. You know, and I'm going to just talk about the process, talk about the healing process. And it's kind of good um, that I took this this full time to drop this episode because now I could tell you the full, <clears throat> excuse me, the full healing process. Um, if I would have came last week or, you know, a week and a half ago, it was still kind of uh, situation, uh, still kind of rocky. Um, so thank you for tuning in. It is uh, episode 20, The Idea of Manhood. It's your boy, Five Mikes. I'm going to come back with the Hip Hop Minute. There's a lot to talk about, of course, y'all know. Hip Hop Minute. And then we're going to go into um, the post-op episode. I'll be right back. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Bevel. Nah, <laughs> let me stop. It's not brought to you by Bevel. But that that's for my podcast goal. I want to get to a point where sponsors are asking me to broadcast their items. And they'll give me a little, you know, a little kickback. Send me a couple free Bevel raises or whatever. But I will tell you that I am using Bevel. Um, and it's dope. And I'm not even the type of person that um, has to do a whole lot of shaving. You know, I don't have to... Um, you know, if I shave for a month, some people might not even notice if I don't shave for a month. Um, I'll have a little scragglies here and there. But since I've been using Bevel for real, for real, since I've been using it, um, it seems as if my hair on my face is growing evenly. 
And, you know, the little bit of hair that does grow in, I'm not getting razor bumps where I used to. My face isn't as itchy. Um, it's this, The product smells really good. And, you know, like people have said, I'm sure you've heard on all the other podcasts, like it, it's just a very cool, you know, it, it makes you feel like you got something real, like a real device, a real um, uh, keepsake, something that you could hand down to your son or, you know, put up in the closet, something you don't have to go and buy, you know, five five blade razors cut your face all up so i'm using bevel it's not this episode's not brought to you by bevel but i'm using it and you should check it out if that's if that's your thing there's so many different like style everything now is like packaged so everything is so convenient they're making everything convenient now are you noticing like if you want to you know if you're interested in mm, sneakers you can go to Find a sneaker service online and they'll send you a new pair of shoes every month. If you're into, of course, that's been happening for music. If you're into ties or accessories, you can go to I use. It's not brought to you by, but I use Spreza Box. Uh, my boy Gary told me about it. Shout out to Gary um, for telling me about Spreza Box. Check it out. S-P-R-E-Z-Z-A Box. Um, and basically they send, it's a mail accessory um, service. You pay twenty something dollars a month, and they send you a box with accessories. So you might get a tie, you might get, you know, a long tie, suspenders. You might get a tie clip, and in every bag there's like a, a either aftershave or cologne or lotion or chapstick or so it's something like for your for your body. And then there's like three or four items that you can use on your clothes. A tie clip. You might get a lapel pin. Um, so I'm into that kind of stuff. So it's really a cool thing. And, you know, I do not like stepping into stores. So all of these things are very convenient. You want to set up a clothes, they'll send you a whole, whole two or three or four outfits every month. And you can pick and choose what you want to. Uh, this is a different service. Men's Style Lab is another one. So I don't know. I don't know. That just came to mind to say that. So uh, Hip Hop Minute. So the hip hop, yo, hip hop has been uh, hip. 2016 has started off on a great on a great uh, foot for music in general. Music in general um, has been a great start out to 2016. It's not really hip hop, but uh, Rihanna had an album called, uh, wow, dang, I can't think of Rihanna's album. Rihanna's album is called, what, uh, Anti, 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 great, great album. I don't really even like Rihanna like that. Um, but this album is a lot more soulful. It's not as poppy. It's not as like pop rocks as her last albums have been. Um, who else released the album since the 2000s? Future released a new mixtape a few weeks ago that is pretty hot. It's called um, Love or Evolve. Spelled backwards. I haven't listened to Wiz Khalifa's album yet. Young Thug's album came out, which is pretty good. Um, and of course... The Elephant in the Room, Kanye album, Kanye album, Kanye West album came out uh, last week or last weekend. Um, I think it's a fantastic album. Actually, Purple, I mean, Purple Futures released two mixtapes since 2016 started. So a lot of music out there. We're going to have another episode to talk about. uh, maybe, maybe not. Kanye West album is really good. That's the that's the one that, of course, everyone is talking about. Um, I'm a Kanye West fan. I think most of his music is amazing. 
Um, so I'm not the one to give an unbiased review, even though the reviews that I've given about Kanye's album in the past are usually dead on. Um, yeah, so great album. Also, not not hip hop, but if you don't know who BJ the Chicago Kid is, please get familiar. BJ the Chicago Kid is uh, he's a writer, entertainer, singer, artist out of Chicago, of course. Who he he he's a singer and he used to sing background for gospel groups, but he's worked with all the Chicago greats: Common, uh, No ID. Kanye, um, and he's written and produced for everybody in the industry. Um, this is a second solo album, um, just released today, and it's called In My Mind. And I heard uh, the stream last week, and it is an ma- amazing album. Please go and listen to BJ the Chicago Kid. I am extra excited for next week because one of my favorite artists of all time, Tweet, her album comes out next week. Uh, called Charlene, I think it's called Charlene. Um, if you're not hype on Tweet or don't remember her, she had the "There Goes My Shirt Up Over My Head." Oh my, oh my! Came out maybe ten years ago now, uh, but check her album out. It's an amazing. Um, the few songs I heard are really good. Uh, so yeah, that it's not even really a hip hop minute. It's hip hop and R and B. It's just been a really a lot of good music that's come out at the beginning of this year. Uh, throw it into Keep it diverse. Uh, Sia, you all know Sia. She covers her face. She had an album that came out uh, two weeks ago. It was pretty good. Uh, not that bad at all. A few other hip hop folks came out with albums that I don't really follow, um, but I know a lot of people like Kevin Gates. I don't like Kevin Gates. Young Thug, I'm not gonna listen to it, but it is out there. Um, like I said, Wiz, I'm not gonna listen to it, but he did release an album. Boosie, Lil Boosie released an album. Never will listen to that. Um, so there are some great albums out there. So um, that's the Hip Hop Minute. I'm gonna come back with uh, the post-op episode, and we're gonna get into it, and we're gonna talk about uh, the the last few weeks and how everything has been. All right. Be right back. Okay. Um, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. This is episode number Biente, Bente, Bente. Biente, is it Biente? No, it's Bente. Bente uno, Bente. Okay. Yes. 20. Alright. 20. Episode 20. Uh, I feel like it's a big accomplishment, so thank you for tuning in. This is the post-op episode. I think we're going to call this episode Excuses and Post-op, because that is excuses. I want y'all to think back on those excuses, son. Um, Post-op. So, as you all know, I had a vasectomy a couple weeks ago. What date was that? I had a vasectomy on Friday, or was it Thursday? Was it January 28th? Yeah. Yes. Jan. I'm sorry. I could have did that off the air, huh? I had a, I had a vasectomy on January 28th, and today it is February the 19th. Uh, so it's been a good three weeks, um, and uh, the procedure went smoothly. It went as they said it would go. Um, I was, you know, as like the day before, like after I after I recorded the the podcast i got a little nervous like i got a little you know i got a little nervous um 
I don't know why though. You know, I, I, I my wife, my Danielle kept on asking me like, you know, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm, I mean, there was never like once I decided I wanted to do it. Like once I decided that I was going to do it, I didn't question. There was never a question, or not for me anyway. You know, I asked Danielle, and Danielle comes back on. Like, I don't want any more kids. Like that, that that's not even an it. Like that's not even a question. It's not like somewhere deep down in my sternum, I'm like, oh, one more. Let's try for no. Okay, look at this. Hello, no. Okay, open the door. Hell, no. It's me. No. Okay, I do not want any more children. There's, there's, there's not a bone in my body. I mean, not one single. Not even one of the little ones in your ear or nose uh, wants another child. So, you know, in terms of the outcome, I, I, there was nothing. I never even thought about it. Once I decided like, oh, this process looks like it's fairly safe and it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's a relatively inexpensive and it eliminates all the birth control stuff that my wife has to go through. I'm doing it. And so my wife kept on asking me, are you sure? You sure this is what you want? And like her asking me, I was like, well, what do you mean? Am I sure? Yes, I'm sure. Like, are you sure? So, you know, somebody asks you something, like you're not really thinking about it. When they ask you, you're like, oh, what? Should I be sure? Or wait, hold on. Is there something for me to worry about? Like, do you know something? I don't know. You know, do you want another kid? I mean, it doesn't matter because I don't. But like, do you? You know, so, um. Yeah, so like she kept on asking me, asking me, and I was like, yeah, I'm good, but it just, you know, I guess leading up to the procedure, you know, it, I was just nervous, and so, you know, I started thinking, and, you know, I was just like, oh, man, well, there is, there is a knife involved, there is a scalpel, and, you know, um, I've had enough interaction with medical professionals to know that usually when they say, Oh, you know, just a little discomfort or, you know, you might feel some pressure, quote, quote, pressure. You know, that usually means pain. And I just wasn't up for the pain. I was like, ah, you know, I was. And another thing, too, I know it was very temporary, but like I was really in the routine for working out. You know, I was running now and I told you all I'm on this new this new health plan um, and. I, you know, I, I, I was in a routine. I was getting up every day to work out. And with this, uh, with the vasectomy, I couldn't work out for at least two weeks. I was like, dang, you know, I don't want to gain any weight. I was looking at good momentum. I was getting stronger. You know what I'm saying? So I was a little worried, bummed about that. And so, you know, anyhow, morning of, uh, you know, I prep. Got to do a little shaving down there, shaved it up, squat, you know, made it squeaky clean. And um, uh, they said about an hour before the procedure, you should. OK, set time, time out. Let's go back to the shaving. So, so yeah, I've never used uh, I've never used razors to shave down there. So uh, that was an adventure, okay? I'm gonna put that out there. That was uh, that was a tightrope walk uh, on a slippery slope, okay? Um, that was just, that was just brand new. I wasn't, uh, that was a little, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that was fun, uh, funny, funny if someone was watching me. Um, 
definitely, you know, guys and their private area and their balls are just, you know, I, it, you always hear why your hands always there like you know talk about rappers or guys whatever like why your hands like always there now look if you're just standing if a man is just standing our hands are to our sides you know in a natural position your hands just gravitate to that area and it's not that you're trying to show off or show people look what i got i think it's really a matter of like self-preservation it's a matter of protection like that area is super 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 duper sensitive and for the most part it's exposed so you know we have underwear of course but it's exposed so like you know you put your hands there it's like you know you just we guys are not used to anything medical in that area and i tried to say this on on the po the pre-op episode is like women are, are dealing with doctors in that area from when they're two years old you know for us no one's in that general area you know for like 20 seconds a year they tell you to cough um i had a friend of mine that told me um it's very interesting it, you know the more i do these the, these podcasts the more i recognize that Women know so little about how men process information and how uh, even how men naturally communicate with one another and how we just how things uh, like how our brain works. I think that our culture in America is so female centered when it comes to how information is processed so I, I mean you know i i study i'm i'm wake i'm woke so i know that our country is male dominated when it comes to you know when it comes to sexism and you know of course we know men make more than women in certain areas and we know all those things are horrible and there's a you know there's we have a society where men are uh, advanced further in their careers men are you know have certain advantages because of the way this country was formatted and, and, and created um, but so many of the things that we appreciate as Americans as you know people that live in the west not the west coast but like the western hemisphere like is so to me again this is as a man my perspective you don't believe me leave a comment is so uh so female uh, female i don't like that word it's just so i don't want to say feminine either because that that's a con there's a context to that that i don't really agree with but anyhow like the way that men communicate talk relate to problems relate to stimuli relate to food relate to um sex relate to um fatherhood parenting friendship the way that men do that is just not valued or understood in our society at all like i really think like for the most part, even men are clueless. So men interact in these certain ways. And because the dominant um, 
the dominant style of interacting with those things I just mentioned are to me are so womanly are just so um, are so much more are done better by women and because they're done better by women and our society to me is run by women in these certain contexts uh, that the way that men do it are so like foreign, like oh, why do you do that? Like why, why, why do you? Yeah. Anyhow, back to the story. My friend told me um, with my last con, with my last podcast, she called and left me a message and was laughing. Oh, Mike, I forgot that you were such a prude. You are a prude. You know, you are so conservative when it comes to this and talking about ejaculation and balls and scrotums and penises and, you know, vast deferences. And you're such a prude. And I, you know, I didn't, I was just like, okay, I'm a prude. Call me a prude. Call me whatever you want. Um, but I was thinking like, I'm on a American podcast. Okay, I'm on a I'm on a I'm on a format that could really reach everyone in the world. Right. Uh, And I'm talking about my private area. Now, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. That's just not like the most that's not the most warm. You know, hey, let me just let me just talk about come on the radio. My mom's listening. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, and I think I was appropriately to me again, to me, I think I was appropriately handling a very sensitive situation, dealing with a very sensitive area of my body that nobody knows about it. Nobody that my doctor barely could tell you anything about it. You know what I'm saying? You know, like there's just certain things about men and like how, like how we are that we don't talk about this kind of stuff. So I don't think it's me being approved. I just think it's just a reflection of the fact that men are so closed off when it comes to talking about and uh, about sex and talking about and this we're not even talking about sex we're talking about uh contraception right um we're talking about uh, an opera uh, a procedure a surgical procedure that is making it so that i don't have any more so that we don't have any more children so that my body doesn't produce sperm so excuse me friend out there i won't say your name if if I'm a little bit tiptoeing around that because I've never been in front of this glowing microphone that I'm looking at talking about my balls, okay? Talking about skeet, skeet, skeeting, okay? I'm sorry if that makes me giggle a little bit. It's a little bit embarrassing. So uh, next time you have a podcast, friend, you talking about popping it and dropping it for a real one, okay? And then we'll see if you're out there giggling and laughing, call me Prue. Ah, the boy. Anyhow. <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you. And I'm looking at the microphone. And you know what my face is doing. And I'm pointing. And I'm looking at you with one eye open and my nose scrunched up. You know I'm talking to. Um. <laughs> I'm laughing. Oh, she's going to call me. Um, but yo, so yeah, so the procedure, before the procedure, I, um, 
uh, I got nervous. Had to shave down there. Shaving was, you know, a little rocky. I was in the shower. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. Usually, yeah, I won't tell you how I normally shave. That might be too much. But, yeah, I don't shave with a razor. Like, with the, like, a, you know, the five-blade Mach 5 razors. You know what I'm saying? Anyhow. But we had, I had to shave. That was a part of the process. They showed, told you to shave underneath the scrotum and, and make sure it was all clean and all that. So I did that. And then an hour before the process, um, I had to take a volume, I think. Was it a volume? A volume? The, med- the medicine, the medication volume. Basically to calm you down. Calm you down. Um, because you know they know you got a knife at my balls and I'm not cool with that so they tell you to take that to calm you down if you feel you're gonna be nervous um, and to just ease the pain a little bit so my wife took off work that day because she had to drive me there or I couldn't you can't drive afterwards Um, you're not they don't suggest that you drive afterwards so my wife took me there you know it was normal we were good we were talking Again, she was asking me, okay, I told you I'm good. You know, hey, let's rock this. Let's do this. No issues. Um, Yeah, and so I got there, um, checked in. You know, everybody like, you here for the vasectomy? That's how I felt like people were looking at me. I feel like like everybody's looking at me like, you're here for the vasectomy? Like, people were smiling, like, you're going to be okay. You know, so, um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I go in. Sign my name. They call me back. My wife stays in the in the waiting room. Tell her, you know, I'll be back. It's all good. So I'm I'm not at this point. I'm not nervous. At this point, you know, I'm here. You know, we had to bring. Um, I had to bring a pair of like compression underwear for after uh, for afterwards because essentially after the surgery they don't they don't want your scrotum to be just free flowing like wearing some boxers they don't want it to be just dangling like dangly like a bag of like a you know a pair of fuzzy dice they don't want that they want them to be cupped and supported and loved in your underwear um so <laughs> uh so i had you know i showed them what i had I'm like all right this is cool i got the little tight joints the little um you know, like the workout compression underwear, or whatever. And uh, went in there, dropped trowel. For those that don't know, that means took took everything off. Uh, apparently, the shave that I did wasn't up to par, so they had to uh, shave a little bit more down there. So now there's a there's a doctor in the room, and there's a nurse in the room, a woman nurse. Um, and I thought I would be a little like, oh, that's a woman. I was I really wasn't thinking about her at all. Um, of course, she wasn't thinking about me. So, um, so you know, drop the pants down. Uh, I'm like, oh, we got. I'm like, oh, okay, we got to do a little shave in there and shave, shaved it up real quick, dry. No shaving cream, just just dry like they were scraping away some. I don't know, some rocks off the sand. I don't know. <laughs> just shave right and uh, had me lay on the table. And uh, they told me they're like, all right, what we're gonna do. Is we're gonna take uh, we're gonna take a needle and to do some of the the pain uh, anesthetic. What is it? What's it called? Uh, what you know what I'm talking about? The pain reliever, whatever they the Novocaine basically. They're gonna inject that so there's no pain. So he was like, you feel a little pinch. He did it. I didn't feel anything on the first one. So this is on the left side. I didn't feel anything. He did it. It's all good. He's like, you're gonna feel some pulling. 
Um, you know, tell me if you feel any pain. Felt nothing. Felt a little pulling, like someone was like, you know, like inside, someone was pulling some down. He's like, all right, I'm pulling that out. I'm gonna do this. All right. And so he's talking to me the whole time. He's like, you're okay? I was like, I'm okay. Like, okay. All right. We're stitching it up. Boom. We're done on the left side. I was like, word? Okay. Nothing. Felt nothing. I literally felt like a little. Like, you know, a piece of hair gets caught in your underwear. Like, oh, okay, felt that, boom. That's what it felt like. Um, right side. He's like, all right, we're going to do the same thing over here. He's like, for some reason, the right side always hurts. As soon as he said that, boom, it was a pain. I don't even know what it was. But he's like, he's like, it's something with the brain, left side, right side. The, this is the doctor talking. He's like, I'm not sure why the right side always hurts. The left side never hurts. The right side always does. Um... And so, did so it was a little, little squeamish for a second, but it wasn't bad. Still wasn't bad, like a little harder pinch. Did that, squirmed a little bit. Boom, all right, you're gonna feel some tugging, gonna pull it down, Do-do-do-do. all right, we're tying it up, bow, stitching it up, bam, you're done. That was it, I mean, it literally took about, it, it took 10 minutes. It took 10 minutes and, um, you know, they wrapped it in, it was a little, it was bleeding a little bit. They wrapped it in, you know, cleaned it up. They cleaned it up, wrapped it in the gauze and told me to put on my compression shorts. And then they tell you, you know, no physical activity, no lifting anything over 20 pounds for a week. Um, you know, go home, get some bed rest and, and nap it off. He's like, you might feel some pain in a couple hours or so. Just keep taking your pain medication. So I was really concerned that the pain was going to be like, outlandish. I was like, oh my God, I don't feel like being in pain. So I took, you know, as soon as we left, I took two of the um, hydrocodones, which are the Vicodins, took two of those. And basically for the first two or three days, I didn't feel anything, no pain. Actually the Vicodin made me a little um, sick, like sick to my stomach, like a little stomach was churning a little bit. Didn't like those. So I was just, instead of taking two at a time, I was taking one. And that was really it, y'all. Like, you know, the only complications was like maybe day three or four after it, um, after the procedure, day three and four, um, it was, they were very tender. The area down there was very tender to touch. Um, and you know, again, this is, these are, these, these are areas of your body that's never been touched, especially with the knife. And so you look down and you see stitches. Like, that's not normal, people. You're not used to seeing stitches on your balls. So you look down and it's like two stitches on the right, you know, one on the left side, one on the right side. And, you know, it looked kind of, you know, looked a little gory a little bit. Um, you can see, you know, the stitches. And then the stitches eventually in maybe four or five days fell off. Uh, and they were still a little tender. So me being a jerk and being stupid, seven days in, I was like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm gonna go work out. Uh-uh. Nope. Couldn't do that. Got about three minutes into the exercise and almost threw up um, because it was just too much movement down there. And it was like continuously getting kicked in the ball. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stop that. Take the full two weeks. Um, and so as of maybe six, six days now, six, seven days, I've been working out like normal. I ran five miles today, worked out every day. So I would say that I'm back to normal. Oh, uh, so the, the thing is that, you know, 
we have to continue using contraception, additional contraception for six to eight weeks because essentially what they tell you is that there's still sperm inside of the the, the, the vast, I think it's a vast deference. Is that what it's called? I don't know, I'm not a doctor. But there's still sperm in there. So before they do, you know, after they do the procedure, there's still sperm, live sperm inside of that area. Uh, and so essentially, it's like a hose if you leave a hose out in the garden. When you turn the hose on in the spring, you, you cut it off in the winter, you turn it on in the spring, there's still gonna be water inside the hose that was there from last year. So basically you gotta get all that out. So basically I had to go back to the doctor now in probably three or four weeks, give a sperm sample so that they can see if they're, uh, give a semen sample so they can see if there's any sperm inside of the semen then they'll be able to let me know like all right you're you're 100 okay or not so um that's it i mean it really wasn't bad there were a couple moments there where it was a little painful uncomfortable uh, when i went back to work oh here's one thing when i went back to work uh you know walking from the the train to my door get, just getting up and being active um that was it, it was just like making me sick to my stomach it was like there was a constant you know guys know like when you get kicked in the balls or if your balls hit something like you have that pain in your stomach you're gonna throw up and so it, it was like constantly like someone like flicking your like every step was like like someone like someone was giving a little flick to your testicles um and you know women don't know but that's very 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 painful um so uh those next couple days i had to keep taking one vicodin in the morning and one at night just to keep the pain at bay um but yeah it was it was it it, it, it was it's been relatively easy i was able to resume uh you know all normal activities um, within like a week, um, you know, I think, yeah, a week or so they tell you three or four days, but that's not realistic. Um, cause it's still, you still have the stitches down there still, you know, they haven't uh, dissolved yet. So it's still a little too much, maybe for three or four days, even though I tried, wink, wink. Um, um, but yeah, after a week, after 10 days, no problems. Um, and you know, at, sex drive seems to still be very high. Huh, sorry, hey, um, everything seems to be normal. You know, it's yet to be seen. You know, once everything is completely done, I go to do the final sperm count and all that stuff. But up until now, everything seems to be good. So um, that's just that was it, guys. It it was really, it really wasn't as. As, as scary or as bad um it was actually relatively easy so um thanks for tuning in to episode 20 to the post-op episode uh episode 20 the idea of manhood um five mics husband father educator writer mc tune in to the idea of manhood.com on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, Google me, all that good stuff. And uh, y'all have a great, great weekend. Peace.